Hey guys, welcome to the Bag to Broadcast, episode number 368. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The, the first being the Week in Geek, bring you the top John, you never go first. Past week, I know. <laughs> there was the a was there that? was like a pop up noise on my uh, computer, and it made me like jump, and I went ah. I... <laughs> Man, don't get distracted we by racing. the bright lights. I thought we were racing for it. Don't uh, get distracted <laughs> by the bright lights. Go ahead, John. Next is the list: the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April fourth, two thousand eighteen. And then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And we're at the end of March now, and that means one thing. It's time for brackets. So today we present the second part of our annual comic book creator craze. This time we're chatting about the artists. So these are the artists that we deem top tier from Marvel, DC, and the indie universe. Uh, these are our go-to artists for this year and, you know, maybe the uh, upcoming year. Mm-hmm. And as always, well, what beer? What beer did you guys go to uh, for your first one? This show, uh, we are going back to Barrier Brewing, and we are drinking their money. This is their IPA. Uh, no collaborations, just Barriers beer. This is what they use to make money. This is what they use to make money. Seven point three percent shooting money. <laughs> Incredibly uh smooth kind of that round juicy hops um a little bit of bittering um just uh, not just, malty not malty just overall mm-hmm. super easy drinker. Uh I had two of these and Paul was like, "Oh, let's just split it." Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that I have another one of these to drink. Yeah. You should, yeah, it's good. It's got that um kind of a resiny mouthfeel afterwards. Uh this isn't a super juice bomb, but it's a it's got a yeah, like you were saying, John, a nice round flavor. Yep. It's good. It's good. I'm there's so many it's such a uh, oversaturated market right now. Like a good IPAs and pails and that it's not gonna float to the top of my list anytime soon, but it's dece. But it's yeah, it's a nice drinker. It's it's better than most, but not better than all. Yeah. Uh Chris, what are you drinking? I hear you don't like it. Um, I don't like it. I told myself I was going to take it easy tonight. Um, I did have like three bombers that I picked up at my beer store the other day, plus like two six packs just for the fridge for for daytime and video game drinking. Um, I went to Epcot today. They have their annual Flower and Garden Festival going on. So I had a few different drinks there. I mean, it's all sampler size stuff, but eating and then walking around the hot sun today, I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to take it easy tonight. Um, so I poured myself. The Elysian Super Loser, and this is a barrel-aged pale ale uh, sitting at 10.2%. And I took a sip of it, and I I drank like half of my glass just to see if it got any better as I get through it. But I do not like this. It's Okay, imagine you're at a bar. I'm imagining myself at a bar. Imagine is it raining? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, you sit down. And you're perusing the menu. You're trying to see if they have any barrel-aged stuff. Because you're really on a barrel-aged kick. And the bartender says, nope. But hey, I got this for you. He pours you some whiskey. He pours in some uh, some pale on. He's like, there you go. Same thing, right? Yeah. No. Is it? No, that's, it's not the same that's thing. Basically, that's basically what this is tasting Oh, like. no. It's... I mean, you definitely get that bourbon barrel on it, but man, 
that that pale just kind of ruins it for me. And it's at three point six six on on tap. I don't I don't understand why it's just not good. I'm I feel bad drain pouring this because I think I spent like twelve dollars for the bottle, but I don't I don't want any more of it. And I'm surprised because Elysian, I really do like their IPAs. I mean, their Super Fuzz, the Dayglow. Um, oh, what was the other one that was really solid? Uh, Space Dust. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where this one went wrong. Maybe you just shouldn't barrel age a pail. Or I, I, maybe Budweiser took them over and now they suck. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, no, because I mean, I picked up the yeah. Space Dust IPA a couple weeks ago just because I saw it at the store. I was like, oh, like, I haven't had this one in a while and it, it's still really good. But yeah, th- that's, that's not, just a bad one. No bueno. I'm probably not even going to finish this glass. I'm going to grab one of the other ones I have, I think. You know, what we're, you know what we're not going to finish this week? Uh, reviewing the news, because really there wasn't much out there that we were interested in. I know WonderCon happened, and things came out during WonderCon. New, uh, Did they, though? Uh, just some new comic book announcements, like uh, the Scott Snyder's taking over Justice League, and he's going to be doing the whole summer event, No Justice, and then coming out with three more justice league books i don't know yeah. fantastic four coming back but nothing like it's stuff that nowadays it's hard for us to get excited for books that are coming out six months from now you know or at least me personally because there's i nothing drives me to there's no comic book store so it's not like i need to get myself psyched up to go to the comics book store i have to just remember i have to download books and read them because you know we're doing this podcast I I think we finally hit the switch over where we used to get more excited for the comic books. And yeah, we've been reading them for like 20 years now. You know, mm-hmm. we're in the new era, though, where we get excited about the movies, and the TV shows and the, yeah. the video games or the board games that, you know, Paul spends two hundred dollars on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hundred and forty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was two hundred. No, no. I looked afterwards because, because I know I was drinking quite, quite a bit. No, I didn't buy it, though. Uh, uh, but I, th- I think that's kind of now like the big tier thing. Like yeah. we get excited for those, and the comic books are just kind of the filler that gets us through those big releases because it's something else that we love, and it's like that ancillary material now. Yeah, I mean, I am. I'm actually looking forward to. Is it No Justice? Yeah. Um, where they're all like in space. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the Francis Manipold's been sharing his art for that book. Oh, is that the uh, the one that the Space Justice League one? Justice yeah, League whatever that one is. Uh, I think that's No Justice. No, it, it the looks... event's called No Justice. Yeah, and spinning out of that is the he wanted to call it Justice League WTF, but he didn't get that approved. Um, uh, so it's called something. It's not called Justice League Space. It's not called. It's not called Space Force either. I know somebody really likes the idea of having you know an Air Force. And having a space force, but uh, it's th- not. His hashtags are for, are DC No Justice hashtag Justice League. Yeah. So, but his Francis Manipold's art for the series is amping me up so much for it. Like, Are you excited it just that Darkseid is going to be the Hannibal Lecter of that group? Uh, I don't know. It just looks good. I mean, mm-hmm. freaking Starro's on the team. Like it just, it just seems like it's going to be really good. And I, his art looks great for it. Hmm. That looks yeah, That'll be fun. Yeah. I so know, I know I, we said we weren't going to do news, well, but there we go. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll check this out, I think. You know, it's something different. 
been a while since we picked up Justice League books. It also looks like Sinestro's on one, like one of the teams. I think that's Sinestro. I can't I hope tell. That wasn't a question because on our end you cut out Chris. Oh. So I, I don't know. Um, no, I was looking at some of the artwork. It looks like Sinestro's on one of the Justice League teams too. Ooh, Sinestro. Yeah, Sinestro's on it. Doctor Fate. Uh, Animal Kid, Animal Kid, An- Beast Boy. I'm like Animal Kid. Oh my goodness! I was like, is that is that Animal Man's son? Like, who's Animal Kid? Well, he died, but he died. So it would be little or Little Wing. It would be the girl. Yeah. No, it just it looks good. I don't know. His art looks great on it. That's all I'm saying. Well, but what art would you be looking forward to coming uh, next? Another news. Next I finally week. finished Stranger Things season two. So good. <laughs> it feels oh like. Oh my god! Did you? Uh, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it, even though it's been up for like almost a year now. Did you cry when Bob died? Uh, I didn't cry when Bob died. I saw it coming. You, you know, you know it's coming. Oh, but yeah. it's still like that moment where you hope he's going to get out. No, because the guy was in. No, a- you hope he's going to. I w- I hoped he he was going to until the minute when he just stood there and smiled. I'm like, no, you're an idiot. Keep running. Like you keep <laughs> running at that point. You tell people to go. You give them the. I don't care if your leg's small. Do you do the get out? Like uh, the girl, the doctor from uh, Jurassic Park. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, when she's like trying to run. Uh, I just rewatched Last Jedi last uh-huh. night. I still don't get how people can hate that movie. It's good. It's I have good. I have it ordered from Amazon. It was already sold out by the time I went to buy it. So then I started watching the uh, like the bonus switch stuff and. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's a documentary on there all about making the movie and the documentary itself is like an hour and a half long. It just like, it kept going. And I was like, this is all really interesting. This is more than just like a bonus feature. Like this is something that they could have probably released on its own. Is that the called the director and the Jedi? Oh uh, yeah. It's like the director and the Jedi. Yeah. That looked good. I, I was... uh, it's cool. I definitely recommend checking it out. And like, you see the moment where they get handed the, like the contract where they have to, signed for and approved the final budget for the movie <laughs> and when they get past like the clipper they're like oh wow like oh my god and then like the producer like looks at and he's like he starts like he's like yeah don't get used to this <laughs> but it's like those moments and like again like we didn't plan to talk about anything uh but it's really cool where he's just he's going into that movie as a star wars fan <laughs> and you get just that anxiety that he had like I want to do this because I love this. I hope other people love this too. Like he definitely, I don't feel like I ever saw that kind of stuff from JJ Abrams doing force awakens, but yeah, Ryan Johnson, like behind the scenes, he's like, man, I hope people like this. Like, is this good? Is this good? I like this. Do you think this is good? Like, I think he nailed it though. So yeah, John, what do you want to sidebar on to since you know nothing really matters anymore? Uh, I'm good. Uh, you've been listening to Tom vs. the Flash. That's I have. Yeah, I've been listening to Tom vs. the Flash. A, Sounds good. A, a six-year-old podcast. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. All right. Uh, I read you comic books. Yeah. And yeah. Much like how we're going to read comic books that are coming out when, John? Next week, April 4th, 2018. Uh, so, John, what do you think Chris is excited about coming out? I don't know. Uh, he didn't tell us, and I didn't see much coming out this week. So. Yeah, so that's why so, I'm excited. No. I know what you're picking. I know what I'm picking. I just don't know what Chris is picking. Well, what are you picking? I threw it over to John to throw over to you to throw <laughs> over. T- I didn't want you to throw it over to yeah. me. I'm picking up a book that probably came out years and years ago. 
uh, in celebration of G.I. Joe, a real American hero's 250th issue, they're releasing an anniversary special, G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Issue one. Is this uh, back from the eighties? That one? Cause I have from that. IDW press. It's, uh, written by, uh, Hama. And I don't, yeah, Larry Hama. Larry He's basically done like all of the, the G.I. Joe stuff. Art by, uh, Herb, uh, Trip, Drimpy and Bob McLeod. McLeod. So I'm not sure if it's an old issue that's just getting a reprint or if it's a like anniversary issue where it's set now and the team's looking back at it. So we'll see. Hmm. For uh, $4, it better be good. He's <laughs> woof. It, it won't be. It, $4 is what I used to spend on a G.I. Joe, right? Like, that's how much they cost. Can't have but Chris, what are you looking forward to? Yeah. Um, like you said before, it is a slow week for comics. There's nothing new coming out that I'm picking up. It's basically just all a continuing series. Uh, so I'm going with Runaways number eight by Rainbow Rowell with art by Chris Anka, and this is um, Best Friends uh, Forever, the new arc. Uh, it's going to be about Julie Power from Power Pack, maybe joining the team. Uh, and surprise, she's also dating Carolina. Oh. Hmm. So. So that's the thing. And as soon as I saw the solicitation for this, I was like, man, whatever happened to Zavin, the the scroll that she was with? Hmm. I don't know. Like, that happened uh, in Runaway's stuff that I didn't read. So now I kind of want to go back and catch up on that Runaway's lore that I missed when they were doing, like, the Avengers Academy and, like, the the Murder World stuff. I don't even remember what the name of that series was. No, that was Avengers Academy. Was it? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. John? You can and- always pick it up for a trade and policy. And I'm looking forward to Analog, number one, from Image Comics. Uh, This is written by Jerry Duggan and art and cover art. I had a brain fart there. Uh, David O. Ah. Sullivan. Uh, This book takes place five years in the future where the Internet has collapsed. There is no privacy on the Internet. And now if you need to transport uh, data or anything, you hire men called ledger men who have a gun in one hand and the information handcuffed in a briefcase in their other. And this follows one of those guys who might have had something to do with the fall of privacy on the internet. And uh, You mean Mirror's Edge, the video game? Yes, okay. just like that. Just like that. Uh, Man, I can't wait for the Ledgerman Damon crossover. Oh yeah, oh, all the Hey, Damon was really good. That was good. I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I actually, um, I, I said, oh, Paul, why aren't you buying this? And then when I saw that it was written by Jerry Duggan, I like Jerry Duggan, so I was like, hey, I'm Duggan this. Oh, he's Duggan. Yeah, I see what you did there. I did a Paul joke. Yeah, that's good. You outpalled me. I outpalled you. You did. Uh, but that'll take us into our next beer. Yeah, next beer. Yeah, I'm going to need a second to get up and yep. pour mine down the drain. Okay. So uh, let's take a pause. So after drain pouring that terrible beer, um, what I have next is actually from Clout Shoes, a brewery that's kind of recently become someone that I was like, wow, you know what? I need to try more stuff from them. I always keep an eye out for them and the shelf at my local beer store. And this is their eighth anniversary ale. The Train I Ride, a triple India Pale Ale. And I was kind of surprised to see that they've only been around for eight years. It seems like it's been longer. We've been doing this show for almost ten years. 
So we're older than Clown Shoes, which to me is crazy because they seem to have been one of those craft brewers that was always on the shelves. Like, I feel like when we started the show, because I just remember seeing them. Hmm. Well, if you remember, uh, if you remember the time uh, it was my birthday and we went to Pizza Plant and Ed, friend of the show, Ed got up to go to the bathroom and I asked the waitress for a child's seat and put it in his chair and he came back and punched uh, Stephanie. That was the first time I had clown shoes. Oh, okay. Uh, on draft at Pizza Plant. Um, so that, as Chris is saying, was I, seven years ago? <laughs> I feel like that was probably like the brown sugar or something. Oh, no, that's, that's not clown that's shoes. That's like an Edith. What's the one that, um, they have something like that, don't they? They got something like that, yeah. Something like that. I don't know, but besides the point, just reminiscing about clown shoes, which, hey, happy eighth anniversary. Um Seems like it's been longer, and not in a bad way. Uh, but the train I ride, Triple India Pale Ale, uh, it's been brewed with Mosaic, Galaxy, and Columbus hops. Uh, this is a really nice triple IPA. It's got a lot of like hop bite on it. kind of lingers on the tongue. Like I haven't taken a sip in a while. I still kind of have like that cottonmouth mealiness, too, that kind of makes me want to take another sip. But I know I'm just going to exacerbate things at that point. Chris, don't do it. Don't do it. But I gotta. You got to. You can't stop yourself. Um, it's, it's so good. It's so it's so smooth though. And drinking it, I'm trying to find out if it says anything about the uh, ABV on it. I'm not seeing it, but no, not not a bad purchase at all. I would, I think this was also maybe like 10.99. It was comparable in price to the Elysian. And even then, that's not a lot to pay for a bomber. I'll pay twenty dollars for a good. I'll take less bomber bottle of yeah, beer. It's giving you less. So getting two for like 20 something I was like okay that's fine uh, I think this is definitely a better buy um, I've never had anything bad from clown shoes I can say um, especially recently now like they're definitely someone that I want to keep trying more of they had a different version of the Blaycon Dragon on the shelf too mm-hmm. uh, which is the Russian Imperial Sout the one they had was called like Porcine uh, Unidragon. It was just like a regular Imperial Stout. Um, I, if they have that still there when I go back for beers next time, I'll, I'll probably grab that because I'm kind of regretting not picking it up now. Hmm. John was in a rush and he hurriedly poured us the uh, tomorrow. Who's who's go, who's going to fuss? Uh, you got it right. Yeah. That's the name of it. Uh, I had poured a black IPA for us, and then when you said you were drinking a triple IPA, I went, I have a triple IPA for us to drink, too. <laughs> and I scurried around. Well, cleaned, like a triple IPA. Cleaned two glasses and poured it for us. And this is, as Paul said, tomorrow, who's going to fuss? Mm. Triple dry hopped triple Ooh. IPA coming from single cut beer smiths, 10%. Um. Imagine cotton candy without it being overly sweet. Imagine almost a savory cotton candy. <laughs> that's what I... Wow, okay. That's, I get, like, mango juice. Yeah, mango... Okay. Yeah, mango... Maybe that's what I imagine mango being. <laughs> mango tastes like cotton candy, right? <laughs> not a super sweet cotton candy, like a savory cotton candy. It's not It's not super sweet, but mm-hmm. there is um, this juiciness about it. If you were to hand this to me and tell me it was 10%, I would say you're a liar. Um, 
I don't think this takes... John's gotten a lot more argumentative, like, in the past year. He just thinks everyone's lying to him yeah, about everything. everything always. Well, that's just it's, because of the media. It's so weird, like... <laughs> you guys lie to me I, all the time. Remember when you said I looked good in that shirt? I looked like an idiot. <laughs> I was just trying to help you out, man. Just trying to boost you up. Help you. you look better when you're confident. <laughs> So if, if I made you feel like you look better, you would look better. It's one of those things. Uh, random sidebar to a sidebar. When I was looking for news for the show to talk about, because nothing really happened that was like, oh, I we need to bring this up. I did see in the, like the headlines to one of the stories, um, and this is just because I love you guys. I want to be honest with you. There was a picture of Brie Larson in her Captain oh, Marvel costume. Which one? So what color? I, I saw that. It was like green shoulders, and it looks like a black body. Okay. Oh, that's the old one. Don't. Well, we don't. Don't tell them anything about it. I was just. Well, there's a new one, one well, that I'm they just... just posted that is the classic colors, and I didn't look at it because Paul, Chris is like, "Man, I'm not looking at anything." So I'm like, "Well, well I can't thing, like... know now either." <laughs> well, you can do it. You can do whatever you want. This to do, is why like, I think everybody's lying to me. <laughs> I'm trying to go in fresh, but it's just like one of those things. Like, it wasn't even posted like behind a like a oh click to see. It was like literally like right there in like the headline image. I was like, oh, well, I know that she wears a costume in this one now. I guess. <laughs> so there's a the thing. Into the movie thinking she wasn't going to wear a costume. Man, uh, I don't know. You just lack imagination no. or trying. I'm trying to go and clean. <laughs> now I know that Art. Brie Larson plays Captain Marvel. Thanks, media. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Anyways. a good sidebar to a sidebar. Anyways, we're drinking. We like it. It's mangoey. It's fruity. It's but it's not like uh, it's savory cotton candy. It's yeah. It's just making me go. Maybe it's just my cold, but um. Yeah, it's making me go slower than like something super crushable. Like uh, it's not. Cru- I wrench. would say it's not crush. It's yeah. not crushable. It's, it's not like wrench. But you just, wouldn't like, guess that this is ten percent. No. I'm looking at it very suspiciously. Like I don't know if I trust you, beer. You taste so good. This tastes very good. Uh, savory cotton candy mango. Mm-hmm. But that takes us into the cream. Craze part no. two. What? No. Come on. You have to do a dramatic reading. First. Man, I'm jumping the gun at everything. Every turn. Every turn. It's like it's his first day. Jeez. I know. Jeepers, creepers. I'm supposed to read this too, and I didn't. Yeah. That's on you. This is all on you right now. So uh, let me know if you're at least ready to read it. So I, can I don't know. Paul kept that. sharing all his crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told Just me. Tell me to. when you have the panel open, because then I'll introduce. I'm it. ready. Okay, yeah. and now a dramatic reading from Convergence, the New Teen Titans, number one, page eleven, panel four. Look, if I were you, I'd just be myself around him. If he's interested, he'll find a way to let you know. That was a dramatic reading from Convergence, the New Teen Titans, number one, page 11, panel four. That's They converge Valley Girl and the Teen Titans really well. Yeah, I, I can't hear Wonder Girl any way ever again. Yeah. Donna Troy forever. I, 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 you know, I forgot it was a dramatic reading. I should have read it more dramatic. No, that was dramatic enough. No. Was that dramatic it enough? It was a dramatic the, take. I mean, the dramatic reading is basically just you reading it however you feel you need to read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Get inspired. Be, I, Mar- be the Marlon Brando. I just of anytime that anytime I read a, a female character, I just think of Chris reading She-Ra and having her as such a snotty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then no She-Ra <laughs> with his fake mustache. <laughs> Men at Arms has a mustache. I had to wear a fake mustache when I performed the role. It's just you know some people. That's it. You gotta get into character. You're just lucky we didn't take two weeks to do the <laughs> Well, I had I was playing Skeletor, so I had to take my face off. Man, <laughs> you numbskull! Well, that was good. Oh my gosh, Miguel needs to come back again. Yeah, it's a power piece. <laughs> Love that kid. Man, he mentioned your Christmas special. Still one of the best things we've ever done on this show. It was, it was like seven years it was, ago it happened. It was uh, in the first year. Uh, it was nine years ago. Jeez. So old. It we was are. three years ago when we did the beercation in uh, <laughs> Grand yeah, Rapids. Yeah, all those pictures just yeah. uh, posted up on my uh, keep on. on this day thing. I was like, man, that's it doesn't seem that long ago. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I've been in Florida for like three years now. Like, you guys have yeah. come down here like two or three times now like, mm-hmm. to visit in that time too like damn time moves fast damn i know we, we see i damn. i think i've seen you in florida twice a year for the last three years yeah yeah because yeah. we came down what in january and then we came back in uh no october and then in january yeah we're cool. We're like that. I wouldn't yeah. be able to do it We're if cool. I didn't have you know, my wife. We're your friends. <laughs> well, now, you know, economics are different now, you know. Uh, yeah. Home, uh, our home economics for him, I'm saying. Yeah. I know. That's where <laughs> I, I still have, uh, I still have the sweatpants I sewed in home economics. Oh, yeah? Wow. I, wow. I threw mine out because they, like, ripped that day. Uh, but I'm excited because Lexi actually... Lexi's coming down to visit next week, and oh. she has a bomber bottle of KBS for me. Mm. And then she has, like, a New Holland. It's like a blueberry sour that's been bourbon barrel aged. Uh, she's bringing that, too. So, Lucky boy. I'm excited for those. Yeah, yeah you're going to be a happy Christmas boy right there. I will be a happy Christmas boy. But you know what, Paul? What? What? Right now, I'm a happy March boy. Oh, yeah, because we're marching because forward. Because it's... It's time for the second part of our comic book creator craze. We're talking about the artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the artists. They come in like a lion and leave like a lamb. Because March. Other things. Other things in March? Do Ides. The Ides happen. Ides of March. You're going to get stabbed while you're listening to this episode, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Watch out. Watch out. If you have a friend named Brutus, don't trust him. Ooh, we're going to name a salad after you. <laughs> Other things about Caesar, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm trying to. I'm sorry. I'm trying to load the bracket. Okay. You give all all which is Caesar to Caesar. Um. But yeah, so uh, we do this here. every year. Um, first part of it's always the writers. Listen to the last episode for that part. Second part, we talk about the artists and the way this goes. We pick four DC artists, four Marvel artists for indie artists, and we put them into a bracket of Paul's building, because he's the bracket guy. Um, so, Paul... I'm the bracketeer. I wish I was... I always wish I was oh a rocketeer, God. but... Crap, sidebar, no news this week, but did you see they're going to... Uh, Disney's pondering a rocketeer relaunch? Yeah, but that was for... Lead, right? Yeah, with a... 
yeah. African American uh, younger teenage girl. She finds it, and it's during the Cold War, so it's years after the original, but it still takes place as if that first movie happened. Just put Jennifer Connelly in it. I'm happy. Yep. Yeah, uh, guys. There's but Paul. Okay. Bracket. Yep. Bracket. <laughs> Paul, I started you on this train, and then I All right. kicked you off the over on a. <laughs> Over on- oh, the train I ride. Uh, that's the beer that I'm drinking tonight from Clown Shoes Brewery. Their eighth anniversary, I would say, triple yeah, pale ale. Yeah. Sitting at 11%. Uh, it's nice. Brewed with three different types of hops. Cool. Marvel. I like it. Uh, you know, they had, they had some really good artists this year, and we've picked four of them to compete on the bar- bracket, along with two people that we, uh, from the indie books. Any kind of indie books. It could be even... You know, non-indie, like Boom Studios, I still consider indie. IDW, we can still consider indie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone who's Basically, not... not Anybody that's not either Marvel or DC. Not yeah. Marvel or DC. We, we put them on the bottom of the uh, each side of the bracket, uh, competing against we, each other. Well, we, we normally talk about both kinds of comic books on here. Yeah. Marvel and DC. Yeah, we have both Western and country. And then DC. Thank you. Yeah. I got you, my blues brother. Uh, uh, I, I need to watch that again. Uh, Frank Oz is in that movie, and then also Frank Oz coming back to do Yoda behind the scenes stuff on the Last Jedi DVD with him too. Hey, yeah, really, Frank uh, Oz is one, also one of the only people that came back to do both of the Blues Brothers two thousand. Uh, he also, oh, I never saw it. He also just said, "I don't understand everyone's fuss over Last Jedi. It's great." <laughs> I, okay, I saw that, but then it also made me think back to him denouncing how. Disney's been handling the Muppets and like he did another interview recently where he was like oh yeah they they haven't asked me to do anything with the Muppets but then back during the Muppets relaunch from Jason Siegel they they were talking to him about coming back and he was like no you don't know what to do with the Muppets I won't have any part of this and it's like you can't say like oh well, they don't know what to do with the Muppets when they're extending their hand to be like hey we want you to be a part of this like be a part of it. Maybe guide us. And then But it all is okay because he directed What About Bob? Mm. <laughs> it is okay. He took baby uh, steps out of the office. And anytime yeah. I think about I think about him, I think about trading places with Dan Aykroyd and uh uh Eddie Murphy and he just in his uh his Frank Oz voice goes PCP. <laughs> I just always think about him talking about drugs. Uh, random fact, my aunt had a cat named Bob because nobody wanted him. So she was like, that's like the movie, what about Bob? <laughs> so she named her cat Bob because like, nobody wanted this cat around. Much like Stranger Things season two, nobody wanted <laughs> oh, Bob nobody Bob. wanted Bob around. No, no, everyone wanted Bob around. Oh, Bob, Bob around. was a hero. Bob's great. No, Bob also sets everything to go spiraling down by telling him to face his fears. Yeah, yeah. So, Bob is intricate to the plot. For, to, yeah, for the plot. See, I I like Bob because he actually was a little bit more involved in the story than Barb was in season one and everyone loves Barb <laughs> no but Bob did like did so much Bob's actually likable he's not just like a wet blanket sitting in the corner like don't drink a beer at the pool oh, I have old lady glasses no Bob's awesome uh, I will Bob's the dude 
Bob's the dude you want to sit down and do a puzzle with because Bob's like, hey, I have this puzzle. And you're like, fuck yeah, Bob. I'm in. No, Bob's the kind of guy that says he has a puzzle. You sit down to do it with him and he pushes you out of the way two minutes in. Like, and then you're just sitting him, sitting there watching him do it. And it's like... Bob's Bob. idea of living wild is doing the puzzle backwards and like upside down. Paul, you're Bob. I know. <laughs> I... I we uh, we all agree. We all hero's agree. death, Paul. Hero's <laughs> death. You're a hero underneath it all. But but you're Bob. That's why I hate Bob. I I see too much of myself in him, and therefore I must oh. I hate him. I love Bob when they I have they like have myself. all the the drawings throughout mm-hmm. the thing, and Bob's like, it's a puzzle. <laughs> I get it. It's this. It's a I'm ooh, fucking ooh, Bob. <laughs> Paul, since since you just finished it. What'd you think about Billy, the bad kid? I'm just glad he got his comeuppance. I kind of wish... He's terrible. I kind of wish... Uh, what's his name? I the, wish he got more of a comeuppance. I wish the uh, other cool kid beat him up. The babysitter. Oh, Steve. Yeah. Steve's the man. I wish Steve actually, you know, kicked his ass a little bit more. But then, you know, that last episode, they're like, well, Billy's an asshole because, you know, he gets hit at home, too. And it's like, yeah, but... Shit doesn't need to keep on rolling downhill, man. You can you can be a man and just not like take it out on it's, other people. I actually went back recently. When I say recent, I just like a few months ago after Stranger Things two came out, and I tried to watch the first season again. And like I watched like the first two episodes, and I was like, oh my god, Steve's such a dick. Like I hate this guy. And I remember thinking back to the end of season one, and I was just like. They're trying to redeem this dude, but they do it in like such a like half-assed way that like I still like him. But then in like season two, I'm like, fucking Steve's great. <laughs> like I want him around these kids, like <laughs> hiding out in a bus fighting monsters all the time. And everyone, this is us and how we talk when we're not yeah. recording an episode. <laughs> yeah, remember when we introduced our main topic like 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. ago? I didn't derail us this time. <laughs> Chris is all about it. Was, he's got that, that train beer from Clown Shoes. That was all me. And he's, he's the conductor. conducting that train. <laughs> he stopped Brown conducting it. He's getting it off the rails and flying in. Oh, too. shit. Speaking of off the rails and Doc Brown, uh, Fan Expo Toronto this year. Did you see? No. Back to the Future reunion. They have... Um, uh, oh, my God. Michael J. Fox, Leah Thompson... The guy that played Biff and Christopher Lloyd all at the show. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I wanted to go back. It's been so long since I've been to a convention, and that's, like, my convention, you know? Like, that's the one that we went to the most. That's the one that, Mm -hmm. like, I have the most heart in. Mm -hmm. That's the one where Stan Lee's security pushed me aside, and I saw him, like, walk by. And went. Good times. And then Stan Lee went, boy, am I going to sleep tonight? It's a great person. Uh, you earned that sleep. The sleep of King. But somebody stole his bed, so he can't sleep anymore. It's horrible. No, no, someone else found it. It's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did they return his comic books and all that jazz? No, oh, no, because, th- not that, but, he, like, he lost his dog and someone found it. I thought that's what you were making no, a reference to. I was making a reference to while he was in the hospital, somebody broke into his house and stole a lot of stuff. No, it was, like, right in the same time, like, his dog ran away. Oh, like, man. In NFL, like boy, when it rains and pours on Stanley, it's a country western. Anyways, song. comic book career craze. I introduced it to Paul. To I threw a great joke about. back to Chris there, and he, he too. 
I said, man, he's his own country western song. Because I think that's what originally derailed us. What's what's with the chicken wire? (laughs) You'll see. So on our top bracket, we have Chris Omni versus Ed Piscor. Chris Omni, most notably from Captain America, Captain America, right now. Uh, Black Widow, his his Daredevil run that we had loved. Um, well, I'm just talking yeah. from March to March. Uh, yep. Yeah, we've been Black Widow and Captain America, and then Ed Piscor had a two issue series of uh, X Men, New Genesis, New. Um, it was uh, I don't remember those flashback episode two issue, like yeah, it Prestige. Was the entire history of the X Men. Yeah. In two issues. It was a prestige format uh, book, two books. Uh, it actually got us to stop and like, wow, this art is kind of, it's like definitely feeling of the old school, but it works. For- yeah, and I can't remember what month we talked about it. If you just go on the website and search for Ed Fisker or uh, monthly monthly look back, because that'll bring up all the monthly look back episodes. I think that was our favorite book from that month. It was. It's still one of my Grand favorites. Design. Grand Design. Grand Design. Yeah. That was it. That's the best. I would have never have gotten there. I'm glad you looked it up. But, uh, yeah, Chris Omni. Solid. You know what you're getting when you pick up a Chris Omni book? Ed Piscar came onto the radar for us this first time just with those uh, two issues. And his other book this year was Hip Hop Family Tree. Which I heard really good things about. Um, and then I... Before actually reading the X-Men Grand Design, I had heard an interview with him from the uh, the Word Balloon podcast yeah. with John Suntress. And I was like, okay, like this sounds really interesting because I, I like hip-hop. I'm not like a huge hip-hop head. I don't have a lot of reverence for that early stuff like a lot of people do. But this guy definitely does. And if you just go on to Google and then type in Ed Pisker, E-D space P-I-S-K-O-R hit enter this is just a white dude that's like so ingrained in hip-hop culture like he wears like a run dmc shirt with a big gold chain like this this is right where he wants to be so him doing the hip-hop family tree makes sense and then the same guy is an x-men fan and then he's like hey you know what i want to do the same thing with the x-men and it's like you look nerdy okay i'll give you this book because i would yeah he does look super nerdy. <laughs> He's like a real skinny <laughs> little dude. Did you just did you Google him? I did. You told me yeah, to. I did. Thank you for listening. See John, we don't always lie to you. <laughs> um but like this looks like a guy that we would be friends with because he just looks like that person that would be like that weird nerdy kid at school that like you wind up talking to him about X-Men one day and you're like, Holy shit, like you you love X-Men, and that totally comes through in the X-Men Grand Design book. It looks like River Cuomo's little brother was a huge <laughs> Beastie Boys fan. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, all right, so who who do you pick? Paul. I'm going with uh, Ed Piscar because I'm more excited to see what he does next than Ooh, I am with John made. Chris Somney. So uh, I'm going with Ed Piscar. Chris? Uh, John, I want you to go because as soon as uh, Paul said that, you went like, ah. Because I was hoping that I, like. That you want to be breaking a tie? 
yeah, my vote is Ed Piscar too. Ooh. That book, um, that book made me pay that price for it. It was a premium price, um, and it was the cover and seeing the inside pages that I went, okay, I'll pay this price. I enjoyed his writing on the book, but the art just – he just did a phenomenal job with the art, with the colors, with everything that was laid out in that book. As much as I love Chris Omni, any book that Chris Omni is on, I will pick up. Ed Piscar, I mean, I'm I'm planning on picking up mm-hmm. – um, not hip hop family hip, though. I don't. I you know what? It's not for me, but I would pick it up just to see what it's about. But I would check out whatever he is doing because I really like that art, and it was a surprise for me this year. Yeah. That was my favorite X Men yeah. book of the of the year of the of the last ten years. I would say probably. When was well, actually? When was Joss Whedon's uh, X was before we were doing the yeah. podcast? But uh, no, you like Wolverine and the X Men too. When oh, he I did. Was... Yeah, but I feel like that's so different than a normal X Men book. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what, we want to bounce over to DC. Well, or Chris did right put down? his in. Oh. Yeah, I have. Oh, you have. Wow, vote. Paul. Even though my vote doesn't matter, yeah. you're like it still needs to be cast. Yeah, you're like California vote. It doesn't. Um, all, it go. <laughs> no, I went blue. And this was going to be one of those things because. Chris Amney, he's such a great artist, and he's one of our favorites on the show. But at the same time, like, I'm so glad that Ed Pisker has jumped into our lexicon now because I want to see more of this. And it's so weird because I love X-Men Grand Design. I do want to read a hip-hop family treat. I want to see the rest of X-Men Grand Design because we didn't pick up, like, the next three issues of it. It looks like there's more. Ooh. Is there? Did, I, I thought it was I only th- two. I think he only did. T- I think it was only two. Uh, but they were, I, I'm looking at X. Maybe they're just variant uh, covers. No, it's but, just two books. Yeah. Okay. It was the five. So it's the five variant covers here. Price that kept me from buying it. Um, I'm gonna edit. I I I want to see more from this guy, and I want to see more in the future from him. I think it's crazy that looking at this book now is something that I want to read while, you know, when I was a kid or even, you know, 10 years ago or before that, when we started doing the show, if I had picked up a book that looked like this, I'd be like, eh, no, not for me next. Uh, but no, I, I dug this book a lot. And the fact that it was all him, like it's like he was even writing somebody else's words. He, he wrote Andrew it. Yeah, I think it's awesome that he did this. He he would get he would have gotten my vote, anyways. Even if I would have had to have been a tiebreaker. Mm. So you made it easy for me. Made it easy. I'm not saying that we don't Chris love Chris Omni. Omni. We love yeah. you. Yeah, I love. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a reason you got the number one. Unfortunately, we went out up against a newcomer who was our the last guy on the bracket. But yeah, see, like three years ago or whenever we had first put uh fiona staples on this too yeah sometimes the underdogs do come out uh so yeah let's just keep on going down the marvel train then and go uh with sarah pacelli versus russell dotterman uh two people that are those journey journey people journeymen of uh of the marvel uh line i i think they do both do excellent work uh russell dotterman who's playing with a microphone or I, something? my dog just just hip checked it into me <laughs> 
See, John Karate Chops, his dog hip checks. My dog's over here. I've given him a so Russell good, good scratching, and he's sitting on my foot and the microphone stand. Mighty Thor. Uh, Sarah Pacelli has been doing... What, what's, what's, what's Sarah Pacelli been doing? Uh, Sarah Pacelli does the Spider-Man book with oh. Brian Michael Bendis, uh, with Miles Morales as the star. Mm. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Sarah Pacelli... Uh, I... I had her on here. Um, she was one of my picks. I forgot about Russell Dodderman. Um, Sarah Pacelli, I think, is a fantastic artist. I think she does a great job. I Everything about her art is phenomenal. I have to throw my hat to Russell Dodderman because since... Since he's been doing that Thor book, it's just an amazing, beautiful book. I, I, I'm I going to... Also, Chris, go ahead. Okay. Um, Sarah Pacelli does the kind of comic book artwork. When you see it on a monthly title, you're like, no, I, I have to be paying five ninety nine for this book. Like, this, this is prestige mm-hmm. format. This looks way too damn good. Um... She she knocks it out of the park. Like she does such great artwork, but uh, Russell Dodderman over on the Mighty Thor. Rrr. Mighty Thor has been all over the comic book blogosphere and news articles. The story's winding down. It's going to be relaunching soon. So I've been seeing a lot of this artwork detailing the quote unquote death of Thor. And seeing that artwork made me be like, oh my god, I've been missing out on reading this book. Yes, I've been downloading it. Like, I have a back catalog to get through. Mm-hmm. But holy crap. Like, the preview pages or, like, the panels that I've been seeing in the news articles about this make me be like, this, this is a Thor book. And I'm not a Thor fan. Yeah, it's a Thor book and a cancer ward. I'm not a Thor fan, but Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman on this book made me be like, whoa, holy crap. I can enjoy Thor. And seeing that artwork made me be like, you know what? I need to go back. I need to burn through those issues because I know I'm going to love them. Um, Sarah Pacelli does great artwork, and not to say there's no heart to it, Russell Dodderman, like, there's heart and soul to it. There's something deeper in there. And I really want to, like, go through and completely read that end of Mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with uh, Russell Dodderman as well. It's a clean sweep. Next year, when Sarah Pacelli is doing the Fantastic Four book, uh, look for me championing her quite a bit. But right now, it's uh, Russell Dodderman all the way, just because he's... there. You take away the hair, you take away the outfit of a character in a comic book, and normally you shouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to recognize them, right? You wouldn't be, oh, watch that character. But uh, that's exactly what he does with James Foster. Like she has no hair, she's like in a uh, in a hospital gown, but you still recognize just the facial features of that being Jane Foster, and she's run down, and she's, uh, you know, dying. And then when she's Thor, it's. Uh, it's still her. It's still got the look, 
But uh, yeah, I think he does it really well. He does both. It's has both sides of the spectrum: the uh, crazy, out there, outlandish Thor escapades, and also a very uh, deep and emotional human story that's happening in those books. And uh, Russell Dodderman plays those too well. And he is another prestige artist that you're getting for a for not a prestige price. Right. Uh, as we do all of this, like back talk, I'm looking at the artists online too and when you look at russell dodderman art and you do a google image search there's like a piece he did it's you know uh jane is thor but then it's also quentin choir <laughs> he's holding like a psychic shotgun like i'm just looking at this like i want this as my background on my desktop like this looks so cool like he's such a great artist and there's such a softness to everything he draws and hmm. It still has like an aggression to it, and he's just fantastic. Uh, he's also got. I just showed Paul. It's uh, Cyclops's visor, and he has the history of the X Men shown in a reflection in his visor. Uh, and it's just real. It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. It's just really well done. It's one of those ones that I caught. But the same thing. Yeah, I want that the background on my on my phone. And I, I know, like, maybe like flashback a year or two ago, like we probably talked about him a lot more and I think we just kind of got accustomed to yeah. seeing his artwork on a monthly book. And that it's unfortunate, but that happens. We get spoiled. Yeah. We get spoiled. And like, we sometimes take that for granted. It's kind of like Patriots fans. They don't even care that they win state championships anymore. They just assume that they're owed. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a sports thing that I agree with. Yeah. Or it's just a Boston thing. I don't know. Anyways, Moving on, Fiona Staples from Saga fame and also Archie fame versus Michael Walsh, also Archie fame, but he does the uh, works. Uh, he's on again, off again on the works of uh, Jughead, The Hunger, uh, the great horror book from After Life with Archie. Why don't you talk about Michael Walsh, Paul? Because Michael, Walsh. I know where my vote's going? Yeah, Michael Walsh. Uh, he he does a really good job by making the Archie characters look recognizable, but bringing them more up to date. And also, uh, when he transforms those uh, the characters into werewolves, and he does the actual transformation, uh, I was transformation scenes. They're they're actually quite grotesque, and uh, that's kind of what I want in a horror werewolf book. Uh, some people didn't like the movie uh, The Curse starring Christina Ricci in that werewolf movie, but I enjoyed it. Because <laughs> Christina Ricci's your number one. Yeah. I thought, I, 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 this is, this is how bad I am. I thought you were going to say like American werewolf in London, where it is a gruesome, painful transformation. That's a painful. All, all practical effects too. Wow. Yeah. It's an yeah, amazing, right? amazing film. But you said the curse. Yeah. Uh, I, I am a horror fan. I'm a horror uh-huh. nut. Right. I have yet to watch that movie because it's not good. It stars Christina Ricci and also uh, the Facebook Lex, movie guy. Lex, Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, Lex Luthor. Yeah. That doesn't make it good. Makes it great. Jesse Eisenberg doesn't make it good. Elevates it. Christina Ricci makes it good. Actually, Chris Eisenberg or uh, Jesse Eisenberg makes it good. Christina Ricci makes it great. It's true. No. So, so uh, 
My vote is with Fiona Staples. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, I think it's funny yeah. that you you pick someone working on an Archie book when they're up against Fiona Staples, who was also on Archie, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh my god, we love how this Archie book looks. And then, even though you're not a fan, Paul, John... You guys have kept up. I, I still have to reca- I have saga. to catch up. That's all. Saga is a always amazing looking book and it's amazing that no matter what Brian K. Vaughn can say like uh, you're gonna have to draw snake people doing it like, <laughs> you know, was like okay got it like she can just she draws it she does good um Brian K. Vaughn okay there's an illegal underground soap opera network uh, main characters going undercover becoming a part of it go ahead she's like yep gotcha boss uh, there's an old lady drug dealer who's a tree creature <laughs> um, I don't know maybe like she wears a shawl of moss yep okay got it uh, the thing about her is her art from the start of Saga to this last issue and Chris I just sent you uh, a panel from the last issue that just came out this week Um, it just continues to get better and stronger she just keeps evolving you look at that first trade that you read Paul when I went back to read that I went my little girl's grown up like oh she's gotten so much better than this and it was like man it's so interesting having read and the evolution of these of her art style to where it is right now to looking back four years ago when mm-hmm. that book started and it's like man she just keeps getting better also maybe because they now have a set schedule and time for it and she they did that they did that from the beginning hmm. okay they did was, that yeah they always had those like hiatuses yeah. like two or three months hmm. I was just wondering maybe it was because maybe scheduling too. I didn't know. So, all right. That's interesting that uh, that it's just an so, improvement so, of skill. So it's all three of us again for Fiona Staples. Yeah. So it's been a all painter through way for all, uh, that side of the. Uh, so it's going to be Fiona Staples versus Ed Piscar in the next round with Dalderman getting the bye week because Dalderman is the highest seeded. Yep. Going out. Well, f- wouldn't Fiona Staples be? Because she, yeah, she's won two years in a row. Yeah, she should be the highest, but she's in the indie category. Uh, and since we're a mostly Marvel and DC podcast. Uh, are we? Well, <laughs> I don't know. That's the rules that we've always had. Okay, hey, that's but fine. If, that's if fine. we want to make, because she would be probably the top seed overall, the bracket. She's the top I, seed of the bracket. She's won, I think, yeah. two or three years yeah. in a row. So, well, okay. So, yeah, she'll have the bye week then. So it'll be Ed Piscara versus Russell Dodderman. When we get back over to this side of the bracket, gotcha. right now we got to go over to DC and talk about uh, Mitch Gerards and uh, right Gerald's Gerald's Gerards. There's Gerards. No L. I don't know where you. Guys, I don't know why you guys keep saying I put an, the L. I put it. I have an L in it. Gerards. There's no L in it, though. Yeah, but I, so I said it right the first time before John corrected Listen, me. Listen, uh, nobody knows this on the show, but how often did I confuse Batman and Detective Comics <laughs> versus Liam Sh- A Batman book's a Batman book. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh, that is a good callback. Uh, 
he Paul said it earlier. Oh, I don't listen to Paul. He doesn't listen to me. Uh, Mitch Gerards versus Liam Sharps. So the battle of people with S's at the end of the names. Uh, Mitch Gerards doing Mr. Uh, Miracle. There, there's no there's no S on the end of his name. It's just Liam Sharp. Oh, it's just Liam Sharp. Yeah. Jeez. We're a mess. We're a mess. We've been drinking. You, you know, you guys like to add L's. You like to add S's. It's okay. So Mitch Gerard versus Liam Sharp. Gerard. Yep. No, there's no S on the, the end of his name either. I'm, I, oh, I'm uh, second guessing myself now. Chris, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say the name of the book they were working on, so I was making it a possessive. So, so Mitch Gerard's okay. Mr. Mir- yeah. Mr. Miracle versus Liam Sharp's Brave and the Bold. Gotcha. That works. So that way, if there is an S or isn't an S, as long as I make it possessive, it don't matter. Gotcha. That works. I have to say, I like Liam Sharp's ability, right? Because that's so possessive, his ability, uh, to... To create a whole new world over in the uh, in the Irish Celtic tradition, uh, he he's created all these new characters and the world building. Really made me champion for him to be on this bracket with the uh, Brave and the Bold work that he's been doing with Batman and Wonder Woman. Granted, you guys did pick out a couple panels where I'm like, yeah, that ain't good. <laughs> but overall, world building has been great. Okay, yeah, wor- wor- world building's great. Mm-hmm. Um, character design, good. Character design, good. I I feel like of all the characters to be able to handle at DC, Batman's probably the easiest. But somehow Liam Sharp still managed to like draw a Batman that we're like, I'm gonna skip past this page. I'm not gonna look at this panel. He gets a pointy ear wrong. That's his problem. He doesn't. If Batman, Wonder Woman, Brave and the Bold was just a Wonder Woman story, yeah, I I would have been there. Um, when we talked about this book for the look back a couple weeks ago, I hadn't actually read it, so I was flipping through it as you guys were discussing it, and the whole time I was like, Wonder Woman stuff, good. Batman, no. Uh, I think. To write a Batman one woman team in book, you have to be able to draw at least seventy five percent of your starring cast. And he didn't nail that for me. So I would have to throw it over to Mitch Garrards, who is handling the uh, Mr. Miracle book. It, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> like the little like glitches that he draws in there, his panel design it it's very standard grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nine panel grid. It, he uses it to his benefit. It doesn't feel static. He as much as it is. He can hit the story beats where they need to be hit, and that's the thing: is that boom, boom, dark side's coming. Boom, boom, dark side's coming. Boom, like the dark way side is life. the the way those things hit and everything and how he draws them are just phenomenal he hits those beats the way they should be and the thing too is i was looking forward to the mr miracle book Mm -hmm. when i saw the art in a preview page i went uh i'm not gonna like this and i talked to uh max who's been on the show um friend of the show max friend of the show max uh 
I talked to him and we both talked about this art. And then I went home and I read the book and the next day I went, the art is amazing. The art mm. fits the book. It's, it's outstanding. He looked at me like I was crazy. He went home, he read it. He came to the next day and he goes, Oh my God, that guy knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And even with not having those bright, super bright colors and having those colors more muted, it still works. And he still captures the story that is being told and delivers it in a way that you wouldn't think it works, but it does. I think the art in this book. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I think the art in this book makes it seem, makes it timeless. The muted colors, the you know, almost the you know pixelation on in the background every once in a while, it feels like a great long box find. Like mm-hmm. it, it harkens back to that. Like oh my goodness, you haven't heard of this? Go back in the go back in the go back, back of the book. This seventies book or this eighties book, yeah. book or this nineties book. This is the book that you're going to love. And he had to go find it in the long boxes. He had to find each and every issue, and he would track down. It, it would be a holy grail series that people would be looking for issue three of because that one didn't get go to reprint for some reason that's what that art this art makes me feel like i'm reading and uh that's what i think sets it apart from everything else also because it's that classic nine panel grid it's that classic comic book storytelling that he's kind of uh i think limited himself to but that limitation is found is bringing so much more out because through it so, Chris, what were you going to say? No, I was basically going to say the same, same thing. thing a, wow. Same thing in a different way oh. where he's playing with that, like, hey, here's the new god's pulpiness, but told in an updated, like, contemporary kind of way. And I was going to kind of equate that to Ed Pisker doing the mm-hmm. X-Men brand design where it's like, no, like, this is that kind of artwork if I had read it when I was in my formula years, I'd be like, eh, old comic books, I don't like that. Give me Jim Lee. But he's doing it in a way that is intriguing. It it fits the story. It's a that's like the hook for the book. It catches you. Mm-hmm. And he's able to nail that. And Mr. Miracle, it's a new gods book for a person that doesn't like the new gods. Because mm-hmm. it's it's firing. It's functioning. And you can't just equate that... Excuse me. Hiccups. You can't just equate that to Tom King, because if the artwork didn't work so well alongside it, it wouldn't be a book that John's picking up every single month. It wouldn't be a book that we're talking about as part of our favorites for our annual look back. They wouldn't have placed on the comic book creator case. Here they are. So in the ba- it's that strong. So in the battle of the old gods versus the old gods of Celtic Ireland, it's the old gods that win. All right, just don't draw you, Batman, and you'd be solid, okay. dude. Did you vote for Liam Sharp? No, I voted okay. For so it's another. It's it's all three of us again yeah, voting. Again. Yeah. Uh, now this is where I think it's going to come into uh, real play because I think these kind of guys are kind of close. Uh, Gary Frank versus Eddie Barrows. And that's Gary uh, Frank, not Gary Franks, and Eddie Barrows. I'm uh, pretty sure that's Flanks. <laughs> uh, Gary Franks, we haven't had a lot from him this year, but we have talked about him for the past three months Ugh. with his handling of Doomsday Clock. 
over at DC, written by Jeff Johns. This is the reintroduction of the Watchmen characters into the DC universe proper. Or is it? Um, and then Eddie Barrows, previously on uh, Teen Titans, back after the uh, Infinite Crisis relaunch. But now he's handling Detective Comics. A Batman book's a Batman book, but he's nailing all of those characters perfectly. It's it's firing off on every cylinder. Uh, his cover of Batwoman getting swallowed by Clayface, mm-hmm. I think, is one of my favorite covers of that Detective Comics run. It just is so. It's so. It's so good. Um, I think that was the annual. I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, I don't remember. I was just actually I was looking up his art, and that came up, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, I love that." I think it's one of the regular issues. Um, his Batman Detective Comics is great. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put it down at all, but Gary Frank's art on. That stupid Watchmen book, mm-hmm. I think, <laughs> is literally the only reason we read three of them. Yeah. Uh, his art was so good in that book. Uh, I don't think if anyone else drew um, the mime in Marionette or whatever she was called, yeah. those characters wouldn't be the best thing in those books because of his heart, uh, because of his art, because of him drawing the way that guy was miming having those guns and throwing yeah, those knives to that that the still images still had the weight he could feel the weight of the guns yeah even though he's just miming that's yeah. why i had gary frank on my on my list mm-hmm. why i said he should be on here and that is why my vote goes to him i this i it's think not out because of, superman says well i never think i had a nightmare before no, no. wasn't that uh, I think out of everyone who's on here, this is the closest pick for me because Eddie Burroughs, I think, is phenomenal on Detective Comics. He, again, him and James Tinian work amazing hand-in-hand with that. A great story with great art. Gary Frank just made bad writing shine with with what he did in that book. Gary Frank, my... Gary Frank, unfortunately, uh, I have... Uh... He's. I, I suffer the casting issue with a lot. Of, like his Superman, it's Richard. It's uh, Richard Donner's Christopher yes, Reeve. Christopher Reeve Superman, and so anytime, and I know that's what he draws. And so anytime I'm like looking at the panels, yeah, the, the characters can have weight to them, but I'm constantly like in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, who's he taking inspiration from for this character? Who's he taking? Where. It's definitely not Greg Land bad. It's yeah. nowhere close to that. I don't want to s- seem like I'm saying light boxes, but that casting kind of drives me a little crazy. Like it takes me out of the book just enough where I'm kind of thinking about it. And that's why I'm going to go with Eddie uh, Burroughs here. Uh, I think sometimes a Batman book is more than a Batman book, and uh, the art can help with that. And I think that's what Eddie Burroughs has been doing. It's top notch. Uh, comic book art on it it's solid work it's not it's not jh williams the third like where they're breaking the panels yeah. since new colors or anything but it's solid it's good oh, god i you bringing up jh williams makes me be like man 
where's he been? Because I don't think I have seen him on anything yeah. since he did the Sandman Overture book. Um, and Eddie Barrows was my contribution to this because Detective Comics, that's the Batman book that I read. I have picked this before for like favorite book of the year, my picks for the list, because this is the Batman family book that has the Bat family characters that I like. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. You have to keep handling them well for me to be like, okay, yeah, I I want in on this book. And Detective Comics has been that since it started coming out with the Rebirth relaunch like two years ago? Three, maybe? Right, uh, I can't I remember when they started doing this. Um, it, it seems so recent, but then again, thinking back, it's like, no, it's it's been for a while now. Um, Which relaunch? It, because you weren't you were living here during one of the relaunches. That was the new fifty two. Okay, so it was the, the relaunch after that relaunch. Okay, so that could have been uh, four years or three years, five, four or five. Who knows? Um, but I've been loving Detective Comics, and he was my pick for the bracket just because he's been nailing it, and then. Before that, too, um, Mariko Tanaka, another artist who was on the book, completely sold it. It's such a great-looking Batman book, and they're able to handle all those members of the Bat family. But it wasn't until John said, like, Gary Frank! And I was like, well, okay. And then thinking back to the issues of Doomsday that we picked up and we talked about he was the best part of that book and then looking at his artwork for that book it sells it it might not be the best story but god the art is fantastic and and then even going back further and not taking it into account for this discussion the uh, Earth 1 Batman book we didn't care for that story at all but the artwork He's fantastic. And then as I was going through, just looking at artwork samples, there's a process uh, piece from Gary Frank on Pace Magazine of his artwork drawing the Joker. And it's like, oh, here's my my rough pencils, and then here's like me like inking over it of him like drawing the Joker. And I'm like, oh my god, like this guy, he, he can handle anything. You throw it at him, here it is. So I, I, I would pick Gary Frank. Uh, and oh, I, d- Paradise. I do want to say Gary Frank's Superman, where he was casting Christopher Reeves, was the Superman run that he did with Jeff Johns mm. and Richard Donner, where yeah. those yeah. characters were supposed to be cast as those actors. But even now, his his Superman now. <clears throat> Like the the there's a cover that he drew for Doomsday Clock, mm-hmm. does not look like Christopher Reeves. It looks like just Superman. It's not a cast okay. uh, person. I I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that. And I guess yes, his that that Superman book. Everybody was yeah drawn like the actors. I mean, even Margot Kidder was, was Margot Kidder was no Margot even Kiddo. like when he wakes the Superman wakes up in bed and he's like I I don't think I've ever had a nightmare before. I still thought he looked a little Christopher Reeves esque, and you know it's just I think that's also just in the way he draws face. He draws that yeah. narrow chin, 
big eyes, and yeah. that is very Christopher Reeve-ish. Yeah. So, I'm still saying it holds true for me, even though, yes, I did enjoy that book when he was writing that, and that's the one where Paul Kent and him are sharing a beer, and they had to pull back all those issues and have them destroyed, and then reprint it as root beer. I remember that run. <laughs> <laughs> It was stupid. <laughs> that, that that issue was stupid. I actually really enjoyed that run, except, man, I don't want to look at Margot Kidder ever. Just, oh. You watch those movies again? Really? She's got, like, she's got, like, the grossest teeth in the world in those movies. Wow. We'll know. do that when we oh, talk about those watched, movies. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched Superman in a while. But I don't know. I just, I don't like her as Lois Lane. I like this. I'm uh, going only going off of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I I like her as Lois Lane. But Paul, yeah. The real question is, who do you prefer, Cliff Chang or David Rubens? I I I prefer Cliff Chang. Okay, who's David Rubens? Whoever's pick that was. uh, That was my. That was my pick. Um, That was the Ether book. If you remember that, with the mace. With the the maze where the guy is from the normal world goes into the crazy uh-huh. ether, which is this other world where he's smuggling, he's, he's smuggling in and out things, yeah. um, where he's also trying to find out who killed the best warrior in that book. He's also working with um, uh, Jeff Lemire on. Oh, it's it's actually David Rubin. That's why Rubin find art from him. There's yeah. no S, John. <laughs> Listen, I don't know why anybody thinks I would do it correctly. No, I really I'm the worst. That was David Rubin. That was a good. That was a good looking book. That was a great looking book. I really enjoyed it. I, I think he he does really good artwork. Uh, cool world building. Uh, when they go into that maze, it's all confusing. Uh, but I'm still going to vote with for Cliff Chang because I actually talked to that guy <laughs> on the podcast, so uh, he gets my vote. I'll let you guys keep on talking about things because I don't know um, what indie work was Cliff Chang doing this year. Like Paper Girls. Paper Girls. Oh, Paper Girls. Okay. 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 Because David Rubin, I don't remember reading the Ether. Like I feel like I need to go back and reread it to have a memory of what it was. Uh, he's on. He's on Sherlock Frankenstein with Jeff Lemire, which is a spinoff of his. Um, uh, Spinoff of his, the book he's working on now. I can't think of the name of the book. I'm sorry. Um, but it is Moriarty Wolfman. <laughs> yes, that's, that's good. it. That's good. Uh, I, I I don't know what the spinoff would be. Well, the Sherlock Frankenstein is a spinoff of his other book. Yeah, the spinoff would be Moriarty Wolfman, like Chris said. Um, it's actually a really good book. I read the first couple ones of it. I can't think of the name. So good, you can't think of it. Queen gotcha. Victoria Listen, Vampire. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put a wrong letter in it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Cliff Chang. He's such a solid. Black Hammer. Black Hammer. Black Hammer. Oh, uh, Shakespeare Shaman. Uh, anyways, Cliff Chang, Chris. <laughs> He's Chris. Yeah, Cliff Chang. Chang. My pick. Oh. Uh, Cliff Chang is going to be my pick uh, as well. Uh, David, I'm the only one that broke away once. David Rubens, uh, I brought to You're the tired, table. You're tired, Paul. It's okay. So 
he I brought him to the table. I think his art is fantastic, but how can you how can you go against Cliff Chang? You can't. Uh Cliff He's been Chang on the show. absolutely fantastic and the that makes him a friend of the show. The, the cover arts that uh the cover for Paper Girls just keeps getting better and better and evolving and changing cuz he was doing that simple um like pink cover with white uh, outlying, and then oh, issue yeah. two is a turquoise color with the white uh, drawing on it. And now he's actually doing just full colored covers that are they'll blow you away. They're great. That sounds yeah, John. I'm sorry I, you were making a great point, but all I was thinking was if Chris, if there was going to be one artist that I would name as friend of the show, I would go with Marcus Toe. I think he would be the the probably the most he i think we could talk because he's canadian and is talk to you about hockey yeah i think the best the best interview we ever had with yannick an artist paquette. yannick paquette yannick, yannick paquette yeah. would be the friend of the show he, he was and we didn't interview. record with him but ethan van skyver even more so when he pulled out those pages of flash rebirth number one to yeah. show us as we stood in line yeah, yeah that was great that was cool. yeah that's why we should go to conventions again yeah, I don't want a lot of great moments. I don't want to record ever when I'm there. I'm just wanted to be yeah. in moments. But that's the thing is we and have report back. we have better report moments back. when we're like, oh, can we record you and talk to you? And then they're they're a little more open than just a bunch yeah. of idiot. Yeah, I'd it. say kids, but we're grown ass men now. Yeah, they we're old. I am no, closer you, to you forty a, than anything else, and it drives me you crazy. You can still be a grown ass man and be labeled as a kid, though. Yeah. Like it, it's happening, but. As we're talking, like I just, I typed in Cliff Chang and then Google image search and then all all of his artwork. I'm seeing like his Wonder Woman art from yeah the run with um, Brian Azzarello. He's done some like fan stuff for people for uh, Saga. Beautiful, like there's some Wonder Woman pieces here, like. He's just such a great artist. He's so strong. Like everything he he does. Yeah. Cliff Chang. Cliff Chang. So I'm saying Cliff Chang gets the buy this uh, for this round as well because he's been he's won our <laughs> he's been on the show he's been on the show but, and also but because, he's been on this list before he's been on the list before Gary Frank yeah. in the past but I don't think Gary Frank ever moved really very far, far. but I know Cliff Chang has gone far uh, so he's, but, they're getting the buy. But before we talk anymore, we have one last beer to review. Oh, yeah. We uh, let's talk about let, it. Um, can we take a pause? Because yeah. I've actually drank all of my the trains. So yeah. Oh, the train me, I take. Uh, let me go get my next one. And, He's at the station. Uh, yeah. He's done we, with we it. We circle back. Well, I'm just but saying. I'm about to disembark. Okay. I'll be back. Oh, there you go. Uh, my next beer is actually going to be from one of our kind of perennial go-tos. And this is Jack Savvy. And this is their Ooh. XS IPL. Um. At my beer store, they have a like wire rack in the corner. That's their kind of like last chance beers. Give it a good home before it's gone. Um, that's how I adopted one of my cats. <laughs> uh, true story. Um, I picked up a this one. Actually, I think it was a four pack uh, of the IPL. It was four ninety nine. Wow. Yeah, they they were just like moving out. Like the first time. I saw Jack's Abbey there. They had an old, like a whole end cap at the store. Uh, flashback to maybe like two months ago where I had like the framing hammer and I had like the barrel aged version of it. Um, I also, I picked up their 
their house lager as like my other fridge beers have for like watching Star Wars and shit. Um, but I hadn't had this one before the excess IPL four ninety nine for a four pack. I was like, okay, you know what? I spent a comparable price for the Bad Larry's coffee malt whatever. <laughs> so, so you know what? I don't I don't mind paying that for like a like four whole pint cans versus like the full like the short boys that I had. Um, this is really nice. I can't say too much about it. It's definitely a pale. It hasn't been aged in a bourbon barrel, so I'm still just like getting that nice drinkability from it. Doesn't taste too watered down bourbon uh, whiskey. Hmm. It's it's nice. Like this is again, this is like one of the other beers they put in my fridge and. Yeah, I I like it. It's got a nice maltiness to it. Kind of lingers on the tongue there a little bit. Uh, makes you want to drink more because it's, it kind of dries you out. It's not overly drying, but yeah, this, for like five bucks, I mean, a four-pack of this, yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong, especially since Dude. it's normally ten ninety nine a four-pack. So. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know like why they have so much of it that they're like, oh, we need, we like, we need to put this on deep discount push it out uh, it's really good uh, Jack's Abbey House Lager probably my favorite lager mm. I would take the House Lager over like Blue Points Toast Lager wow. I think it just has a great flavor it's... a great Christmas it's just a really good strong I mean it's what it's a beer that's supposed to taste like a beer, and that's all it tastes like. Mm-hmm. It's it is that I, I will say that I had like two of them last night uh, as I was watching the last Jedi. Like I popped one open, and then like I opened another one, and then I was just kind of like, "Oh, I'm I'm ready to go to bed, but I still have, like half a can left. I should finish it though. Beer goes bad." Um, I think I like the house lager more than the excess IPL, but they're both just like great drinkable beers. Yeah, the Jack's Abbey is the beer that I recommend to people who come into my my beer shop uh-huh. that I have that come back and say, "I love this beer" and continue to buy it. When uh, before I took over my beer shop, they were selling maybe one case of Jack's Abbey house lager. Every two, three, four weeks, mm-hmm. he brings in three cases. cases now every week because wow. I've just created the demand for it by people going, uh, my kids tell me I need to drink craft beer and I drink Labatt's and what should I drink? Jack's Abbey House Lager. Jack's Abbey House Lager. Everything, every time a normal beer drinker comes to me and says, what do I, 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 the kids give me shit. I can't drink this anymore. What should I do? Do this. Yeah. No, I, I can see that because even as a craft beer drinker, like I don't want to call myself connoisseur. Like that yeah. feels too like hoity toity. This is just like a nice drinkable beer. So I feel like it's good enough that I'd be like, yeah, I, I'm okay having this in my fridge. Like I'll go back. I'll drink more. Like, this isn't going to be the thing that I go to my fridge and be like, oh, I still have three cans of bad literary left. Okay. Um, this is great. I think this is a 
better introductory craft beer than some other stuff I've had. Like before this, I mean, I'd say maybe like the Sam Adams, like Rebel IPA, and like their cherry weed. If like you want to start branching out, but like I think this is closer to like that quote unquote craft beer. Like, th- this is that gateway drug, I guess. Well, and, and the thing is, is they're just brewing a German-style lager that's, you know, it's not being shipped from Germany, so there's that transit where the beer is going to lose it. It's just like, hey, we have the ability to brew a really good German-style lager, and boom, here, it's it's your neighboring state. Like, here you can, it'll be good. And, I yeah, I think that's what is good about Jack's Abbey is they just really perfect that lager style beer. They have a, a side brewery um, called uh, Springdale where they're actually, the, it's the same owners, but they have different people who are brewing sours and IPAs and, and, and stouts where they're just leaving the, the, the German beers and lagers and everything to Jack's Abbey. Does the stuff that they brew actually fit into the uh, Reinsgebot? Yeah, is that I couldn't remember the name of yeah, it. Yeah, the, Ger- the, the, the German the purity law, law. Where it's like, okay, it's, it, like so the German purity law is like four ingredients. So you have water, yeast, hops, and your grain. Okay, um, and your grain, the grain can change because I mean that's why you have German wheat beers and, and German lagers, where using malt. But uh, yeah, uh, I would imagine so. I would say almost. What's it? Sorry, what's it called again? Run Heinzgebot. Okay. I think if you just googled Germany purity law, it, it would pop up for the spelling. Um, About to. <laughs> uh, but I, most beers fit into that. <laughs> I'm typing in Germany beer purity law because I want to say German. <laughs> I'm German. I'm allowed to say that. Um, okay, yeah, it's like Reinheit's goodbye. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it. I it, most beers uh, do do that. Uh, there are some, you know, that use flavoring or natural flavorings, like the beer Paul and I are drinking. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's. I would say most beers fall into that, unless you're adding fruit oh. or something. Uh, but we did drink Hamburg No Lux. Uh, this is a local brewery oh, for us. Squeezing it Imperial in. Black IPA. No, I, li- uh, I like you guys squeezing it in because I before I loved the No Lux. I no it was Lux, awesome. Uh, I would say for years has been the one that I'd said, "Hey, they're continuing to brew that. It's good." This is an imperial version of their beer, which means when you drink it cold, it has uh, a very faint roasted maltness to this black IPA, it's missing what caused it to be really good. And that was having that hoppiness with those roasted malts. Uh, when you let this beer warm up, because I fig- I thought, hey, maybe if this warms up, those roasted flavors will come out. No, it tastes like somebody sprayed bug spray in your mouth. Huh. Oh, uh, okay. It's 8% versus like being like 6.5% when it was just the regular No Lux. Uh very unhappy with this. Twelve ninety nine for a four pack tall boy. You'd be better off buying 
any other beer that costs $12.99. And there are tons of four packs that are a step up. Um, Ellicottville has a 5% New England style hazy beer that's like lemon drop delicious IPA. It's 5%. It's $12.49. It's cheaper than the Hamburg No Lux. And it's well worth every penny you spend. And then for $8.49, you can get a six-pack of the beer that I shared with Paul that I said, Paul, you're going to love this. It's your new summer beer. It's it replacing Saranax White IPA in your heart. And that is Tropical Storm from Saranax. Yeah, and for $0.40 cents less because I think – no – I think when we were buying white APA, it was six seven. Nine. So it was like seven dollars, like seven ninety nine or seven fifty. It was six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. So for fifty cents more, I'm happy to pay this because this is a the Saranac Tropical Storm IPA, and it's an IPA with natural flavors added afterwards. Grapefruit, citrus, quote unquote, which is like, hey, grapefruit's in there, and then mm-hmm. guava, and you get that grapefruity, pithy citrus right up front. And then it finishes with this great guava flavor. It is uh, so tropical. It's so refreshing. I can't wait for a hot summer day yeah, to really enjoy to this. be drinking this beer. Mm-hmm. And it's since it's made with natural flavors added, it I'm not worried about drinking it fresh because it's not going to. It's not the hops that are giving it the flavor. Yeah. So it's kind of. So, yeah, I do love it, but now that I'm kind of snobby, I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> uh six, you know. Six-pack bottles, 15-pack cans. Ooh, 15-pack can. I'm more interested in, because that would be a great disc golf beer. Oh, yeah. Can. And it's, it's what, five and a half? Yeah, five, five, six four, five. Uh, Alcohol by Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, so it's, that's a great disc golfing beer. Yeah, it, and it's the flavor is pops it pops on your tongue and um yeah i was uh extremely surprised when i tried this so much so that i was like uh because i had a one of the reps gave me a a sample of it and i went oh this is really good i'm gonna make this uh the beer we're gonna track for memorial day and i'm bringing a six-pack home and uh i drank three of them in one night and it was a great night it was a great night Sounds like I watched Bahu Bali the beginning again. <laughs> again, again. Wow! You know what we need to do because it's almost ten o'clock. <laughs> Wrap up on this. Wrap on this because I've been tired. Paul's tired. tired. All right, so we have Ed Piscor, Piscor, Pescar, Piscor, Piscor versus Russell, Russell Dodderman. Uh, Paul, I'm going with Ed Piscar. He did something new this year. Uh, Russell Dodderman stand out. Will always make it for me past the first round of the bracket. I think. Uh, I think he does a stand-up job. But Episcar yeah, did something new, did something different, and made me like when we made this bracket. I'm like, oh, I gotta figure out who did that book because that's the book that made me take notice of of, of art this year. So there's, that's my vote, Chris. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go to Russell Dodderman. I, I love Ed Pister's yeah. work over on Grand Design. I will read The Cup and the Dream eventually. Uh, but Mighty Thor, that's the kind of book that I'm going to keep going back to. That's what I'm going to read month to month. Uh, Russell Dodderman is a month to month reading artist. Uh, 
I'd pick up issue one from Ed. I probably wouldn't read maybe more than that, but he's uh, I will follow him. I'll check his stuff out. I'm going to have to give it to Russell Dodderman, too. Wow. I was actually hoping that Chris would pick Ed uh, Pastor, and I could just be like, ah, Russell Dodderman I'm sorry. For, the, for the thing. But, yeah, I think Russell Dodderman is. No, like, they're both so solid, though. All right. So uh, then that would be Gary Frank and uh, Mitch, Mitch Gerald's. 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 Gerard's. Gerard's. Noel. 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 Why is Chris he, saying stuff and not us? He uh, should be the one talking. So these were your picks. <laughs> I'm going with uh, I'm going with the guy that's made a timeless book, and that is Mitch Gerard. I second that. <laughs> so I don't have to say his name. Mitch. Mitchy. I'm going with Mitch. Good old Mitch. Sorry. What was the matchup on this again? Uh, Mitch versus Gary Frank. Because like oh. like uh, Paul has always said on this podcast, when you're in a pinch, go with Mitch. You've never said that before. Yeah, that's never been the thing. No, but okay, I'm I'm okay with picking Gary Frank just to, okay, yeah. to be the contrarian, and then also just you do great work. Just sometimes the books aren't the best. Maybe Jeff Johns isn't the person you always want to, you know. Hitch your wagon to, and his wagon has been hitched to him for years. That's the always. That's two it's of them. Always been hitched. Uh, so th- I mean, we. I bought it for like three, four months. I don't even remember how many, but three, Doomsday Cock, like three months. Yeah, I even thought about picking up four when it came out, I, I, and it was. I feel it, like Gary Frank's the friend that you need to pull aside and be like, "Hey, he might not be the." the man for you like you need to talk him out of that relationship <laughs> have you heard of this man scott snyder it is uh, i have this friend tom king oh I, man <laughs> i can introduce you to him but yeah because yeah so then so, we have russell dodderman against fiona, fiona staples, staples. Ooh. i'm it's it's weird because they both kind of do a similar like, vibe. Yeah, they dive into that like pastel. There's like a brightness mm-hmm. to the air, yeah. but at the same time, it can still be freaky and weird. But you're like, no, sign me up. I'm I'm into this. Yeah. So I'm more into Fiona Staples, or am I more into Russell Donovan? <laughs> now I'm not sure. Darn it. <laughs> So good. Oh, because Russell Dodderman. Paul, yeah. I almost spit up my <laughs> You You made me laugh so much that I was like, that was a good one. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm unsure. John, convince me one I, way or the other. The The thing is, is I'm not saying I'm tying my vote to you because you're a sinking ship. I will not go down <laughs> with you. Uh, Fiona Staples is my pick. Fiona Staples just hands down can deliver yeah. a book. Every character looks different. Not that Russell Dodderman doesn't, but there is something about the style, the lines, the color palette, everything that Fiona Staple picks that just, it just hits. <laughs> For a second there, I thought you were going to go over everything that has to do with art. The lines, the color palette, <laughs> the piece of paper, the pencil she uses. The, the inks. The computer program. Yeah. 
the staples in the center of the book. Uh, But there's something (laughs) about what Fiona Staple delivers and what she can... Her style itself speaks to me. Russell Dodderman also speaks to me. It's that classic superhero book. But he also does very personal work with what's been going on with yeah. you. He, uh, he does, he does, but and also if you were to... world building, just like Fiona Staples with the different world building. If it's you so were close. to... It, it is very close. And for two people who their styles are completely different, they're opposite sides of the spectrum. Who? Dodderman and uh, Staples. I'm saying that their styles are very yeah, but if you were to look it's at too, it, it's too close to call. If you were to look at the the lines and the detail that Dodderman puts into those characters, it's very different than some of the lines that Fiona Is Staples she, does. Hers to he, me, I think his his works a little bit more structured. Hers is a little bit more like free form. Like and it's, she just goes where the line leads. And it's I, I don't want to say I don't I hate I hate using this when talking about comic books, but hers is kind of a little more cartoony. Okay. Then his is more a little more realistic. It, for I mean for yeah, for, for, yeah, for the I two I mean feel... if you put the two next to each other, they look extremely different. You I mean you have a smartphone in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Fiona Staples is my pick. Uh, the, uh, there's just if you were to if you were to say you can have a page from a Dodderman book or a page from Fiona Staples, I would take I, I would take even if it's just like uh, it's just the most bizarre like it's just a tree in space. I would buy that page and I would hang it on my wall proudly and say this is my Fiona Staple book. Even if I could have a, a tree flying in space from Ruffles Ottoman, it wouldn't have the same impact to me. Fiona Staples is my pick. Hmm. Chris, you're going to convince me the other way, or are you just going to I, end it now? No, end no I need to throw it over to you, because I'm doing research while we're talking. I'm trying cause, so hard right no, now. Russell Dodderman, I, I just equate him to... Mighty Thor. I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything else from him. Fiona Staples Saga is just such a fucking crazy out there book. But then also I can think back to her work over on Archie where it's just it's so grounded. Mm-hmm. It's just teens talking in a malt shop. But it it all works. And it's crazy that you can have Archie and Betty or Veronica sitting in a room. Or you can just have Saga. Whatever you want to throw on the page. Have it have that same kind of weight. I'm trying to look up other stuff that Russell Dodderman has done besides Mighty Thor, just so I can see that artwork. Because I I don't know what else he's done besides the Thor stuff. And I feel like I need to branch out and see more of it before I can say him. Because he does crazy out there stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. know enough about anything else he can do. Well, Fiona Staples can do that, but then I, you can have Archie knocking down the. I'm blanking out on Veronica's last name. Vander. Van, Vander Vanderbilt. 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 Something. Yes, something like that. Yeah, like you can have him knocking down the mansion like in progress, and then be like, oh, let me let me hoof it to get him all. Yeah. She d- she can do those stories. 
so Paul, I'm throwing it over to you while I'm researching. You know what? Then I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'm going to go with Russell Dodderman. Fuck you. Because uh, uh, I just shared I shared a page from... Um, I'm going to share two pages from Fiona Staples to the the the, the our thing. Uh-huh. I shared one already. I'm going to I'm going to share the that image that we were talking about earlier of Quentin Quire holding a psychic shotgun and It's so cool. And uh um Thor uh you know the mighty Thor holding the the hammer cuz that's I, a pretty awesome photo right there. Paul, Paul, make your make your statement because I don't want to have to be the one to call this, but I'm going to. Uh, the thing is, Fiona Staples, <laughs> she can take her time with uh, Saga. Russell Dodman, month in, month out, doing his guess. work. He, doing, but he doesn't. He does a few books, and then there's a fill-in artist, and then he does a few books, and then there's a fill-in artist. He's always okay. done that. Even if you think back to when he was doing, doing. the Mighty Thor with the God Complex mm-hmm. and the story after that. Yes, he does a fantastic job, but he has fill-in artists. Marvel has the fill-in artists. He doesn't ask for the fill-in artists. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's like, I can get these books done in this yeah. time. Yeah. Give me a give me a give me a break here. And uh, the thing is, the more structured look for Russell Dodderman, I think is be- I think it's better. I think it's uh, just a yes. little notch oh, above. God. Just a little notch yes. above. That structure. Yeah. That structure, though. Um, structure, though. Yeah, I don't. John, not the best panel to, to share with the, like, the two dudes drinking. <laughs> the I think it's two a, dudes, that's one dude. It's uh, a fun one. It, no, it's a fun one. That pig's cute, but... I, I don't know, like... I want to see more from Russell Donnerman. I know, Other than you know Staples can handle everything. Um, yep. I, I thought it had made my decision when I was saying that, because I was going to throw it to Russell Donnerman. It's like, I want to see more from him. I want to see what else he can he can do. But the fact that I was like, I haven't seen him do enough, maybe, thanks to Fiona Staples. Hmm. Sounds like Fiona Staples. So let's <laughs> move on. It sounds like Fiona Staples, yeah. It sounds like it, but is it? Okay, it is. So It, it sounds like it. So then we have Cliff Chang versus Mitch Garrett. Gerard. 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 You guys, you guys talk. I'm There's an S there. Go ahead, Paul. You're good. No, he's going to the bathroom. So it's up to you and me. I don't know. I think Cliff Chang. <laughs> I think Cliff Chang is a fantastic artist. I think he. John, John, while Paul's out of the room, he, he's so good. <laughs> Cliff Chang is is phenomenal. I I don't want to give Paul the points because he was the one that interviewed him like three years ago at the convention longer than that oh god i'm old it all blends together cliff chang he's so good though cliff chang is amazing i have to give my vote to mitch gerald's because of just he delivers in this fantastic pacing he hits 
these notes in he hits the notes in Mr. Miracle so much so it just makes the book so much more poignant. It's just that boom, 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 and it just fits in how he's doing it. I have to give it to 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 Mitch Gerald's. No, and that's the thing that cause he can do that. But then if you gave Cliff Chang that same script, he could he could do that too. And and that's what makes this one difficult. Like I think these two artists, kinda more than anyone else we've had matched up together. And even more so than Fiona you know, Staples and Russell Darman, like they could do the same books and you could see them both on that book and then you could see them both being the best on that book mm-hmm. oh, this you. is a hard one I'm going with uh, you know what I'm going with Mitch I've been thinking about it and just I love that that he's using that constraint of the nine nine panel grid doing the classic story Cliff Chang can also do a nine panel grid really well and go with a classic story and they will both feel timeless, but there's something about Mitch Garrett's. Yeah? Gerald's? Garrett's. <laughs> uh, Noel. Noel. Gerald's? Uh, storytelling in Mr. Miracle right now that I, I, I'm really enjoying. And I think I'm going to go back to his work. Uh, Cl- Cliff Chang uh, sometimes uses the negative space. Uh and I feel like he's just rushing through the page. I'm thinking about the papers, girls. It's like, okay, yeah, but he's not showing me much. The backgrounds aren't as is there. Not that Mitch Jared's backgrounds are all that intense. But uh, I don't know. There's something about his work that I'm really digging right now. So I'm going with Mitch. Did I just break a tie or did I? Nope. No. Okay, nope. good. <clears throat> no, because... This was a close one too. Like this would have been another Pino Staples Rusted Doll. Mm-hmm. So you you jumped in at the right time, Paul. Because oh. I don't want to have to break another. One. <laughs> it's a weird spot to be in. Where would you throw it? You got a vote still. Where would you give it to? Cliff I mean, Chang? I, I, I have a I have a vote still, mm-hmm. and I mean, right now I'm looking at Rust. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mitch Garrett's art on on my Google, and it's just like, damn, like. Mr. Miracle pages, though. Like, <laughs> did you guys read the last issue? No, yeah. No, I, I, I number seven. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. Oh man, it's I'm so it. it's so good. Right. Oh, maybe I if Chris yeah. votes, I can go home and read it and go to bed. I, no, I, I I said that Mitch Garrett. Oh. like it's yeah. That's All right, right. Uh, my my vote did matter to begin with, but I just I solidified it. So Fiona Staples versus Mitch Gerard. Chris, you've been like the last one to act on all of these. You're Thank numbers. you for giving to me because I I like that Fiona Staples is like playing big and out there. I think I like more like love the fact that Mitch Garage is playing in that comic book uh, like that framework where he's like, okay, this is what I have to work within. I'm going to try to expand it beyond that. Um, Mitch is so like just quintessential comic book art that he elevates it, so I'm going to give it to him. Mitch. Me too. Wow. Wow. 
Champion Fiona staples all the way just to turn a be- turn away and just I, what, barrier. The thing the is, moment. is what Chris said and what he's doing with that. If if he wasn't doing what he was doing on this book, Fiona Staples would have run away with this again. Yeah, uh, and she's done it for the last what three years. Yeah, um, sure. it. I think since. Since she's been on um, Jesus, Saga. Saga, I think she's she's won or she's come into second place. I think what he's what Mitch is doing over on is on uh, Mister Miracle is just it's just phenomenal. It it matches the writing where we said Gary Frank is elevating that bad story. Mitch is elevating a great story, and it's making it even a better book. And Paul, what you said, when it makes mm-hmm. it timeless, what Chris said, it's good. You know, everything yeah. that we've been saying, it just it comes back to this guy that out of the blue, he's been around for how many years? This is the first time he's he's caught our attention, and he's knocking the book out of the park. Yay! So we got it, Mitch Garrett, which. Makes our top writer Brian K. Vaughn again, <laughs> but then uh, Mitch Gerards. Oh, that's good that it isn't Mitch. It isn't for EKV with Fiona Staples, because that would have been boring. <clears throat> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you have your own picks for the list, if or for the uh, comic book creator carries, if you have a top artist and a top creator, let us know in the comments on the Facebook page that we have, right? We have a Facebook page. Yeah. You we should have a Facebook, do that. We have a website. Yeah. Comment on it. I'd love to give someone commenting on uh, the website post that's not a Russian bot. What, you don't like hot singles delivered to your house? Ooh. No, I love them. <laughs> but it's, it's always like, hey. I never understand. Very, like, all the posts that we get, it's like, hey, very interesting posts. You check out this website for more. It's like, no, you're spam. I know this. Or, hey, very interesting post. I'm very excited to work with you, and I want to uh, contribute your bl- to your blog by interest by getting you better SOE. Search Sony Online S-E- Entertainment. No yes. SEO. Sorry, SEO. Search engine op- optimization. Sorry. Mm. I, I used to get a lot of those back when I would monitor that all those comments. Uh. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I so check us out. If you haven't already, you should make uh, rate and review us over on the iTunes or whatever you happen to listen to us on. We need those ratings, everybody. It helps other people find the show. And if you're enjoying the show, why do you want to keep us to yourselves? Don't do that. Share. I had outpalled.